Good morning, Red Sea, and welcome in to another edition of the Morning Scramble presented by Verizon Wireless. I'm your host, Felipe Corral Jr., joined by the Breakfast Club, Jody Jackson, Craig Grilu, and Rolando Cantu. Guys, it's weeks, we're going into week 17. Like, how fast has the season gone? It feels like just a month ago, we were in LA beating the Rams, in Tennessee beating the Titans. Like, how fast has the season gone by? Uh, in 2021, so much faster than I would compare to 2020, right, Jody? Yeah, I mean, it's gone quickly, but then again, it's been a tale of two teams, guys. Yeah. And, you know, everyone that's saying, you know, this is not the same team, it's not the same team from earlier in the season. They've lost some key parts. I know we're going to get into some of that, but, you know, it's unfortunate losing four of their last six. Um, the good news is they are in. I'm personally. I know I heard Craig on the post game show driving home from the stadium. I don't really how, care how they got in. It's just what do they do now? And obviously now that they are playing poorly, you know, you're concerned. But, you know, into the playoffs is a good thing, Felipe. Uh, how they're getting in, I, I don't care. It's just a matter of are they going to improve in these next two games. Orlando, isn't it impressive how Craig deals with you know, all the, the frustrated fans, rightfully so, right? Three losses in a row. Week 16, you lose to the Colts on Christmas, 22 to the 16, third consecutive or fourth consecutive loss at home, if I'm not mistaken. But, Rolando, are you more impressed with how Craig deals, you know, with the audience? Felipe, I am. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the way he does it, and I see him in the press box, man. Once you see that that notepad just going full speed, taking notes with his earpiece in, don't even <laughs> say hi to Craig. Craig is prepping for the post-game show, man. He's on... He's on straight killer mode. I like it, man. Uh, congratulations, Craig. You do a great job. Tough losses. You know, this happens in the NFL. You mentioned, Felipe, the season has gone by really quick. It, it's going to come even quicker these last two games. And I think the Arizona Cardinals with clinching number-wise this weekend has a shot, has a hope to kind of push this thing forward. And well, as we get into the main dish, Craig, you know, I was – Pretty impressed with that defensive line, obviously holding J, uh, JT Jonathan Taylor to 108 rushing yards, which, you know, by the way he's performed this season, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. Right. But the secondary man, they've been struggling throughout this three game losing streak, I believe. Per the Grilu stats, you know, he, he I, I got an email at like 7.50 this morning in Orlando, and it was Craig giving us a bunch of notes. He prepared me, helped me prepare. Uh, the secondary has given up eight passing touchdowns in the past three games, all losses, obviously. Craig, you know, what have you seen? What, what's been the difference? It's a great question, Felipe. By the way, just this quick other little nugget. Uh, by the way, I don't know about the rest of you, but I've lost weight here in the month of December, especially the last three weeks, because we don't have Rolando providing food after right. these victories on Sunday. So uh, it's, 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 it's great to lose weight, but I don't know if I like this diet that the Cardinals have given us here at the end of 2021. We need Rolando next week and these next two games or I should say three games because they're guaranteed at least one more game in the postseason. So Rolando, I don't know what you got planned, but I'm looking forward to, uh, to feast once again here. Uh, so am I, I didn't get inspired guys. I mean, it's hard after a loss to kind of just open up the pantry and the fridge and see what you got, but for sure, uh, you know, it's going to turn around. I think the new year is going to be a great new year. Craig for the Cardinals. I don't know. Speak for yourself, Craig. I wake up and eat chocolate every day, so I'm still doing all right, but I do miss the actual culinary skills and some real food that, that Orlando brings. So I am looking forward to that. Just, just a win is going to be nice. And hopefully that is what happens. The in worst, Dallas. 
The worst part about it, Craig, is it's the holidays. Rolando takes it up a notch during the holidays, man. And you guys haven't seen his culinary skills during like Christmas, New Year's, a bunch of tamales, a bunch of steaks. So, so much prepared, but we haven't gotten that in these past three weeks. But Craig, to, to the point of the secondary, you know, what's been the difference these past three weeks? Yeah, I didn't mean to sidebar there, but I had to give a shout okay, out to okay. Rolando. Yeah. Look, something's not right with this football team in either phase, offense, defense, special teams. It's a broken team, but can it be fixed? And that's the question that I think everyone wants to know. With respect to to the defense and the secondary on what's going on, I don't know if it's a matter of that pass rush not getting enough pressure on opposing quarterbacks to allow for the secondary to match up or if they're having to cover a little bit longer because quarterbacks aren't under a ton of pressure. But twice now during this three-game losing streak, we've seen a pass defense allow four or four passing plays of 20 or more yards. So, And there were some huge pass plays on Saturday nights, including one on second and 17 and another one on second and 10 that allowed the Colts to score what proved to be the decisive touchdown late in the fourth quarter. But now the concern is health. Marco Wilson loses, uh, gets hurt, loses, a, you know, did not play the second half after hurting his shoulder in the first half. Robert Alford is on IR. He'll have to miss at least one more game. So Byron Murphy, Antonio Hamilton, it's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask for any of these guys to cover. But um, pass defense right now is a struggle. As much as I was happy about the run defense on Saturday, that pass defense um, was suspect. And credit Carson Wentz, but they've got to shore things up in the secondary. But again, I don't know how much that is because of the defensive line and the edge rushers not getting home on opposing quarterbacks. It's a perfect segue over to the – the defensive line who played, you know, they played pretty well against Jonathan Taylor. You knew you weren't going to necessarily stop JT, right? But 27 uh, attempts, 108 rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor. I believe he was tackled for last eight times after that 43-yard uh, run in the, I believe, the Colts' first offensive series. He only averaged 2.5 yards per carry after that. Would you like from that defensive line, Jody, that we might have not have seen in these past couple of weeks? Prior. Yeah, I really did. It was the very first play from the Colts. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals got the ball first, but, you know, and then he broke off that 43-yard run, and I think everyone's just thinking, whoa, what's this is exactly what you knew could not happen. But then after that, they they pretty much locked it down. You're right, Felipe. Eight of his 27 carries were for negative yardage, so you had tackles for loss all over the board. Um, and it and it was not just the D line, but a, a total team effort. There you saw Buda Baker had a couple tackles mm-hmm. for loss as well, and you know it just they locked him down. And he did have 27 carries, 108 yards, but uh, just over half of the yardage came on those two runs, the 43 yarder and then another long run. So a lot of it was short after that, and you do love to see that. And they were fighting hard out there. I mean. That's the thing about this game, and I I don't know if that's what makes it a little more concerning, is that this team did have juice. I watched them go out on offense, um, and unfortunately they couldn't score a touchdown on that first drive, but, you know, Edmonds, Ertz, they 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 had a distinct plan. They were moving the ball, but then they couldn't convert on third and fourth down, and they couldn't make it happen in the red zone. But they had that juice, and that defensive line had that as well. And I saw Zach Allen. Shout out to Zach Allen, who I saw – kind of limping or kind of hard to get up there at the end of the second uh, quarter 
went into the locker room. If you remember, there was a kick, a, you know, just kind of time was winding down. He went in the locker room a little early. He came back on on the field. He played that second half. I don't, you know, these guys are banged up and they're in there and they're fighting. And that's really the hallmark of, uh, you know, not only a great football team, but that that line in particular was, you know, it was not an easy game. It was a physical game. And I think they played their hearts out. And you're right, though. Unfortunately, Carson Wentz, it was kind of like, let's let Wentz beat us. And unfortunately, he did. He made some great plays, um, especially that last touchdown throw was kind of that dagger. And and the Cardinals just didn't, you know, again, Craig mentioned it. I don't know if I'm putting this one on the defense. As bad as that was, that last drive in the second and 17 and all of that, but you just, you've got to score more than 16 points. The Cardinals know that. The offensive coaches know that. Kingsbury and Murray know that, you know, they just did not convert. And it's a little bit of a mystery right now why, you know, A.J. Green has his first catch in the fourth quarter, you know, all these other things. But I do want to I do want to say that that defensive line really played their hearts out. And I enjoyed watching that, Felipe. That was uh, that was a team that was ready to play and ready for Jonathan Taylor. And Rolando, Jody touched on how this offense came out with juice, right? In the first quarter, they were giving Chase Edmonds touches on the ground uh, through the air and whatnot. But that kind of faded away throughout the, the game, right? And I believe a lot of those struggles came from this offensive line. You know, five of those uh, season-high 11 penalties came, pre-snap, false starts, things of that nature. Why is it important to stay disciplined, especially as the game, you know, carries on? Well, that's everything. Discipline is everything for an offensive lineman. And do you have, uh, out of those 11 penalties you mentioned, five of them are false starts. I mean, they're mental errors. That, that That's the only way you you categorize these uh, these plays, right? Because, you know, you produce, uh, you know, you're in a certain, you're in a short yardage situation, third and third and three, third and fourth, and then you get in a false start. It puts you right back up. So you got to change the play. There's no way you can continue with the same play. So I think that's what kind of hindered the good that we saw with this offensive line unit perform versus the Colts. But then again, you know, Kugler is a tough coach. Sean Kugler is one of the best offensive line coaches there is in the NFL. And, and there's no room for error, man. You have five penalties. It's not a good week for the offensive line. That's just basically what it is. And I understand you're playing at home. I understand, you know, you're putting in different pieces. You know, Max Garcia is at the center position. You know, uh, Pew was back in his left guard spot. And you should have, you know, some kind of a, uh, uh, a way to kind of just communicate this without false starts, right? Obviously, we know that Josh Jones had a couple of them in there. And it, it just comes to the point where, you know, these false starts shouldn't be part of the game. But it, one's going to happen. I mean, one is like, okay, guys, that's it. That's our mulligan. Let's go. Let's refocus this thing. And we know the count. We know it's a silent count. I know I'm going to have to hit you on the hip so you can, you know, snap the ball. Or we know the cadence. That's it. There's no other way to do it. You're at home. You're not playing, you know, at, at in, in Lumen Field in Seattle with, you know, the 12th man screaming in your ear, this is an environment where you control and you have to make sure you stay focused. And I get it because I've been there as well. Once you do a false start on a run play, it's because you want to just put your hand down, Felipe, and go maul the guy in front of you. That's the, you you want to make sure you get that first jump in there. And that's what's happened to these guys for the most part. And Craig, I don't want to move on before touching on Matt Prater because a lot of people, oh, why did he miss? He missed an extra point and two field goals, right? But I believe I saw you retweet Jay Philly, former Cardinals kicker, and he was talking about the importance of having your place uh, holder, which was not the case in week 16. Obviously, Andy Lee was missing. 
if you can fill in the fans, you know the importance of having a placeholder in those scenarios. It's three players all doing their job, the snapper, the holder, the kicker. And when you do not have your holder, it sounds simple enough, but Colt McCoy thrust into duty this week for the first time this season. And on the first missed kick, the laces were not out. They were pointed towards Matt Prater. And then on the second snap, he spun the laces, but they were not completely all the way forward. They were still a little bit more horizontal to the line of scrimmage. And that affects how the ball is the trajectory of the ball once it's in the air. Ryan Winslow came in for the last two kicks and there didn't seem to be an issue, but that third miss I think might've been more on Matt Prater trying to compensate. But this is the second time this season that Matt Prater has missed three kicks in a game. He had never missed three kicks in a game his entire career before this season. Yet at the same time, I'm not worried about Matt Prater. I'm not concerned. As long as you have Aaron Brewer, Andy Lee, who we hope is back this week. Special teams wasn't great, but that's not the concern. It's the offense and what Jody mentioned, scoring enough points. A defense that allows 20, 22 points, that's fine. That's good. That's great. Offense, you got to be able to score more than 16 points. And now in back-to-back games, they failed to hit that 20-point mark in an offense that once upon a time was consistently scoring 30 points a game. Things change once you get into December and the the postseason as far as slowing down the offense and points become harder to get. But it's on the offensive coaching staff, Kyler Murray, the offensive line, the skilled position players to figure out how to get that football in the end zone. And uh, we'll eventually get to, you know, how this team can turn the ship around in our Bring Home the Bacon because we do have a special segment by Orlando. The team clinched a playoff berth for the first time since 2015. So we'll touch on, you know, what needs to happen for the ship to turn around. But right now, let's get into our rise and shine. And we'll start off with Jody Jackson. And I really like how this specific player has been playing ever since the birth of his first child, right? That, That changes everything, right, Jody? Yeah, Buda Baker was the epitome of bringing that energy the other day. Uh, he was in on 12 tackles. He had a couple tackles for loss. He had a sack. Vance Joseph dialed up uh, him coming off the edge and blitzing. He was effective in that. You know, and and you guys know, and the fans know, everyone watching this knows, you know, Buda is a guy that you never see him not bring that on game day. He's ready uh, he, and he's out there inspiring his teammates. And I think he was trying to do that. I mean, again, uh, you take away the safety, it's 20 points, the defense, uh, you know, it, it, you look at the, what this defense was able to do and Buda Baker was out there nonstop throughout the entire game, trying to motivate his team. And I love the effort that he brought. Um, he was angry after the game, which did not surprise me at all. When you listen to his comments, guys, the one thing that um, he you kind of noticed he was having trouble keeping his train of thought because I think he was still just a very emotional and, and angry. And uh, I kind of enjoyed that honesty, though, from him. And, you know, that's something that he keeps uh, he wears some of that on his sleeve and I'm OK with that. But, yeah, it really hurt him. I'm sure that last drive again, what the secondary was not able to do uh, in stopping Carson Wentz in that offense. But Buddha, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we do appreciate that effort at each and every game. And, and it does, I do believe it does bleed over to the other guys on that defense. And so they just got to keep it going. They got to stay the course here for Dallas. There were some good things uh, along with the bad, unfortunately, 
But rise and shine, it was slim pickings a little bit, guys. I know this week, as far as players that made a, a real positive impact. I mean, this team, though, they did do the, the stats were pretty similar. It was penalties. It was the red zone that hurt them. Craig, what about you? Who's your rise and shine this week? Well, for me, it's the nearly 64,000 fans who showed up on Christmas night to watch the Arizona Cardinals. They rose and shined. They were loud. They were energetic. They were waiting to get behind this team. And the Cardinals did very little to get the crowd into the ball game. The crowd can only do so much. But for me, on Christmas night, it's a great way to finish off a spectacular day. Morning good, afternoon good, the night awful as far as Christmas night was concerned, but almost 64,000. I'm going to give it up to the Red Sea and something that Buda Baker did say post game as well. Quote, the Red Sea was loud today. We definitely appreciate that. That was definitely a great experience for us. We're sorry that we didn't get the W. First time all season that we heard a player apologize. And I think it's long overdue. Four straight losses at State Farm Stadium. This fan base, they're behind the Arizona Cardinals, but it's getting harder and harder based off the performance between the lines. So my rise and shine, the Red Sea, those 64,000 who showed up on Saturday. Rolando, what about you? Uh, great rise and shine, Craig. Uh, yes, it was hard. It, I mean, you would take off your headband while we were calling the game, and it was, I mean, it was ecstatic. Great energy. I mean, keep bringing it. We're going to need you for the Seahawks game in the season finale. For me, Rise and shine has to be Chandler Jones. Let me tell you why. Stat-wise, it's not going to appear like the best game for Chandler Jones, but I see the intensity level from Chandler Jones. I see the effort there. Kind of similar, Jody, to what Buddha was bringing on the on the safety side. Chandler Jones from the outside, outside linebacker position wants to go at it, and you could see it. Every time he would come down the line, just penetrating and tackling uh, Jonathan Taylor, you could see the way he wanted to finish the play. And I think that kind of was in there for a while but obviously you know they just kept going at it kept going at it and I think what happened uh that changed when he ran into Carson Wentz that was a 15-yard penalty and it was like okay I, I don't want to run into you and obviously Carson Wentz threw his body away and then you know kind of sold it a little bit which I get because he's a quarterback every quarterback is taught to do that 15 yards for free come on guys you're going to take it every single time but I think that's what happens when you see Chandler Jones on the field. He's a captain. He's a leader. He's an emotional guy. Every time he does a penalty like that, he comes back and he tackles really hard. And, and I like the, the intensity level that Chandler Jones is bringing. I just want to see him, him and, and others just a little bit more under control, because if you extend drives while you have these penalties, I mean, it, it's free yardage, man. And, and you're just trying to get back into the thing while you think, OK, third and long. And, and I'm going to get off after this play. You're not going to get out because of the penalty just happened. So I think the rise and shine player for me is uh, Chandler Jones. I want to see him shine more, though, this this next week in Dallas. And I'll finish, I'll finish it off talking about none other than Chase Edmonds. I believe he was the bright spot of that offense, right? 127 total yards for you fantasy owners that had him in the fantasy playoffs. You know, we're, we're about that fantasy postseason time right now. He gave you 127 uh, total yards, a touchdown. He was doing everything right. I mean, I feel like when they were giving him the touches, his offense was moving the chains, right? As soon as that started fading away, that's when you see when you saw this offense kind of get stagnant a little bit. So I'd like to see Cliff Kingsbury, you know, utilize them just a little bit more throughout the entirety of that game. Obviously, with the return of Chase, uh, James Conner, I should say, excuse me, 
you're going to see that duo that we saw in those first eight weeks when the when the team started off seven and one. This offense is going to go back to being a little bit more versatile. Kyler Murray is not going to have to utilize his legs, even though Kyler Murray led the team in rush yards. Uh, on Saturday, you don't necessarily want to see him risk his body, especially as we get closer to the postseason. But Chase Edmonds, he came back with a vengeance. He was one of the guys, just like Buda Baker, Jody, after the game, he was keeping it blunt. He was saying it's getting frustrating uh, that it's crunch time right now, essentially. So in the name of Chase Edmonds, it's crunch time. Arizona Cardinals, it's crunch time. Red Sea, you have two more weeks to turn the ship around before the postseason that you know, you're already in, you know, regardless of how you clinch, if you turn the ship around and you perform well in the postseason, no one's going to remember week 16 that the Cardinals clinched because the Rams beat the Vikings and then the 49ers lost. None of that's going to matter if you turn if you if you turn those right, those, those wrongs into right heading into the postseason. So that'll do it for our Rise and Shine segment. Now on to bringing home the bacon. Like I mentioned throughout this entire show, the Cardinals clinch a playoff berth for the first time since 2015. Rolando Cantu, two weeks left. You know, you, you potentially can go to Tampa Bay. You could potentially go to the Rams. You could potentially go to the Cowboys. But if you don't turn the ship around right now, things will get ugly heading into the postseason. What needs to happen? Well, you know you're going to Dallas, right? And after that Sunday night performance, you have to make sure you watch the tape three or four times just to kind of get a grasp on how versatile this offense uh, can become from the Cowboys. So defensive-wise, I think, you know, it's going to be a challenge. We want to, we don't want to bring home the bacon. We want to take the bacon to them. You have to make sure you go at it, Felipe. It's crunch time. And yes, you know, there's a sign of relief because you're, you know, that you're going to play one more week into the playoffs, right? Because numerically we're in there and we clinch that playoff burst. But what needs to happen, we need to play sound football. We need to go back to the basics, good tackling, no penalties on, on the offensive side, just kind of getting to work. Craig said, what happened to the 30 points? What happened to the explosive rhythm that we were dictating, uh, you know, through week one through seven? Those are the kind of things that they're going to take a, a hard look at it this week. You cannot just go out and practice, say, okay, you know what, guys, we're, we're going to play one more time. You know, it's the Dallas Cowboys on the road, and I get it. You know, Kyler Murray is going to the storyline is going to be that he hasn't lost in Texas, and we know how, how important that is for him and how that could kind of give him the boost or the edge. But it's a different time. Two weeks to kind of polish and, and perform at a great level so you can kind of grab that rhythm towards the end. And if you grab that rhythm, if these guys grab the rhythm, the Cardinals grab the rhythm offensively, I think we'll be fine. With a win over Dallas, Felipe, Craig, and Jody, everything else will kind of settle down for them in, inside the locker room, and they will kind of just focus on the last uh, uh, week of the regular season, which will be at home against the Seattle Seahawks. So for me, Felipe, intensity level has to go up. Your mental, uh, you know, your mental uh, uh, reps have to be there every single time in practice. It starts with practice. I think that has to eventually just kind of, you know, catapult you into the game. And I think the Arizona Cardinals have everything in front of them. They The, the pressure's off with making it to the playoffs because the playoffs are going to be there. They have to make sure they get back to the basics. For me, no mental no mental uh, uh, penalties uh, and, and go at it. The intensity level has to just come up a notch on the offense and the defensive side. I'll go backwards. I'll go from Rolando to Craig. Craig, these teams in the past three seasons, uh, it's no secret. It's kind of hard to shy away from the fact that this team has struggled coming off the bye in these past three seasons. What essentially has to happen? Like, 
when it comes to December football, when it comes to getting closer to the postseason, this team tends to struggle, right? What do you want to see differently in these last two weeks of the season? I want to see a smart football team that doesn't make mistakes, that doesn't make mistakes that help them or hurt themselves. These self-inflicted mistakes that we keep hearing so often and clean football that Kingsbury brought up going into the bye week. And yet over these last four games, 11 penalties on Sunday and the weeks prior, eight, seven, seven. I mean, that that's penalties are going to happen, but it's the pre-snap penalties that are inexcusable, especially at home. So play smart. I mean, I don't, I can't fault effort. Uh, and, and the performance has not been there compared to where it was earlier in the season. But you got to play smarter. And right now, this is not a smart football team, at least what we're seeing in the last three games. So be disciplined and smart. And who knows what will happen here in these last two games. Jody's right. doesn't matter how you get in, but it does matter how you're playing going into yeah. the postseason. Teams on losing streaks, teams that are struggling, don't win Super Bowls. Sorry, just doesn't happen. The Baltimore Ravens are the last team to lose four out of five going into the postseason and still win the Super Bowl. You have to be playing well in order to make an extended run in the playoffs. You cannot turn it on. It doesn't work. History backs me up. Jody, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm sorry before we wrap up the show. But in order for this team to right the wrongs, who is a key player? Who do you look towards to and say, okay, X player plays phenomenal, regardless of what else is happening. This team is going to, you know, head into the postseason with a good rhythm. Well, it is putting me on the spot, but it's fair because you guys watched that game like I did on Saturday and Carson Wentz and guys like T.Y. Hilton and, and a guy named Desmond Patman, you know, who hadn't been much of a factor in the offense, you know, they stepped up. There were guys that stepped up. And, and again, we've kind of broken down the defense. So I'm going to zero in on the offense a little bit more because look, that was the thing, the engine that drove this team. It was complimentary for sure, but this is a team that you look at at 10 and five, they built all the equity at the start of the season. And, and that's why they're in. So the good news is they are in, I will say this. I don't know if this is going to have an effect in the last two games, but the fact that they are in, that's what's different from the previous two years. And, and it is from the earlier equity in the season. So that's just a fact. You're in where you go and how you get there and how you appear, you know, how you're going to go in with momentum or not is going to change. I think it has to be Kyler Murray, Felipe. I think it really does, because as much as he does on his own, you saw him take off running uh, for that longest run of his career, I believe, 57 yards. I mean, there are moments where he can take a game over. And you say, sometimes earlier in the season, say, gosh, I wish he didn't have so much of it on his back. Uh, but it is, and he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, and we all know that, and not to belabor that, but that's a big deal. And then they didn't have James Conner last week. So I don't know if Conner's going to be back. Uh, I don't know if Rondell Moore will be back. Um, but they still have A.J. Green. They have Christian Kirk. Uh, they have Zach Ertz. They have Chase Edmonds. They have a number of other weapons on this offense. And so... I think they have to figure it out. I think it's whether it's going back to the drawing board or not. I think also it's easy to shine a light on Kyler going to Dallas because like you guys mentioned, that, that connection and, and unbeaten in Texas and all of those things will be on display. And uh, I think it, you know, it's no surprise that I'm picking the quarterback because that is just the nature of the position. But when you also look at what Kyler Murray 
does for this team when he's rolling, when he's making the plays. I mean, and by the way, that throw to Wesley and that catch by Wesley, that was, that was fantastic. Just needed, a, we needed one more. <laughs> this team needed one or two more of those type of plays. So Kyler Murray can flip this. He's the guy, Felipe. And I, um, I think that's maybe an easy pick here, but you know, he's, he's going to be a key player in these final two games. I mean, it's no secret that he's an alpha male. If there's a time to put the team on your back, I believe it's his last two weeks heading into the postseason. And once you're in the postseason, I mean, that's when everybody's looking at you. I mean, this team has struggled. It's no secret. They're 0-3 on primetime. But, uh, again, if there's going to be a time to turn the ship around, it's going to be on primetime in the playoffs. Everybody's going to be looking at you. K1 has to put the team on his back like he's done throughout the course of the season uh, when he was a candidate for the MVP. I mean, at one point this season, if you guys remember, we were discussing Kyler Murray being an, a candidate for the MVP. Yeah. So he has to go back to that uh, that performance. He has to go back to getting into rhythm, maybe coming off the injury, but I can't even use that as an excuse. He's been running more these past three weeks than he has the first eight weeks of the season before he got hurt. So. K1 is going to have to put his team on his back uh, to really turn the ship around. Jody, you have one more comment? I forgot one name, Rodney Hudson. Uh, Rodney Hudson's a big, a big deal for this team. We've seen some of the snap issues, just everything that he does. I don't know. Again, I hope he'll be back this week. Uh, but he, he's another guy that, uh, that is so important to this offense. And when you lose guys, I think everyone, you hear a lot of fans say, well, you know, I can, it's all the, the big fuss we made in the offseason about all these acquisitions there was a reason for it. And when you don't have them, you know, you can't expect the team to look the same, but hopefully this week they get back to it. And, and again, now you have to find a way Felipe, like you said, I mean, you have, regardless of who you have and Rolando knows this from playing, I mean, it has to be next man up. It has to be, get it done, find a way. And uh, I want to mention Rodney Hudson because he is very, very important. We have noticed that more and more as he's been out, whether it was the rib or the, or the COVID protocol. All right, yeah, two weeks left in the 2021 season. It's gone by fast, but there's still a lot of football to be played in these last couple of weeks. A lot of, a lot of important matches, right? You go to Dallas, then you host the Seahawks, where potentially you can win the division if the Rams end up losing to the 49ers in these last two weeks. There's, just, there's a lot still on the line. There's a lot of pressure still on the seam. We'll see how they perform. Don't forget. This Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals visit the Dallas Cowboys kickoff is at 225, America's Game of the Week. You don't want to miss it. K1 versus Dak, Zeke, Chase Edmonds, so many stars, CD Lamb and Co. Buda Baker, Chandler Jones. The list can go on and on, but you don't want to miss it. And then follow us on Monday here on the Morning Scramble. Myself, Jody Jackson, Craig Grillo, and Rolando Cantu. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to break it all down. Hopefully, we get another Rolando special that we haven't necessarily had on the Morning Scramble in a couple of weeks. Have a safe, safe Monday and have a better week.